0: Good morning. Uh, A very big welcome, a warm welcome uh, to Folk who are with us for the first time. I know uh, some people from Copenhagen. uh, And some other guys who I've not said hello to up there, but a number of people here for the very first time. And a very warm welcome to City Hope. The people in the balcony are very fortunate. The people on the front row are grimacing. They're looking at my face. It's got scars and... Everything else, uh, I know, but um, yeah, it was. Um, I was with my grandchildren yesterday in the park, and we were playing tag uh, around the trees and everything else. And you know, they went under the branch, and I went <laughs> right into the branch, uh, it was just like a cartoon. And and so Esther, who's uh, one of my grandchildren, and I'm known as Pop Pop, so that's my 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 my. Pops, you look like Dracula. There's blood pouring everywhere. Anyway, I thought it was appropriate for, um, so, um, just to run through what we're going to do today, we're going to, we're going through a series on Nehemiah, um, and, uh, we are going to talk about, uh, Nehemiah 9, which is about a covenant. Some of you may not know what that word means, covenant, so we're going to talk about covenant today, um and we also while we're here as part join this sermon join the message we're going to have communion together as part of that so uh, that's an important uh, element um, so let's just pray when we pray I have found just recently just something really new not that it's new at all but to me it's new is just turn my hands over You know, whether it's in the morning, in bed, just to sort of... You know, when I'm about to do something and I'm going to go for something, I go... So let's turn our hands over. Lord, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're our God. We thank you that you want to speak to us. So we come open-handed to you to receive. Uh, We come open-handed to lift our praise to you. May just these next few minutes, we're together looking at your word, bring you glory, and may we receive from you as individuals and as a church and as a people, in Jesus' name, amen. So the title is Revived Community, uh, Nehemiah 9. Revived means restored to life. Uh, It means restored to purpose for a group of people. Um, And it means not only is the community restored to life, but the community becomes life-giving. That's an important... Not only do I receive life, but I give life. And the Bible talks about life. God is the giver of life. The whole of the Bible is about life, how to have life in its fullness. God wants you and us to prosper, we have been created to thrive. We have been created to be fruitful, just as Paul was talking earlier. Life's too short to miss out on what God has in store for us. He's made us to live, not to exist. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So this life giver... Gives life in a special way. And he gives life not just in a random way. We don't, most people think life is random. It could be life on Mars. It's not random. God is a life giver and he gives it through relationship. And this relationship is called covenant. Some of you will be very familiar with this word. Some of you won't. This book, the Bible, has 66 books in it and is split into two parts. It's called the Old Testament and the New Testament. (coughs) The word testament literally means covenant. So it's the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. A covenant is a relationship. It is an agreement. And so this is about the old agreement... And the new agreement, the old relationship, and the new relationship. In fact, in the Bible, uh, there are seven covenants, and we're not going to go through those seven covenants. Um, six of them are in the old, and one is in the new. Um, and uh, these covenants are very interesting. The the Hebrew word beret, uh, for those Ian, you're going to have to stay awake brother. Um, I'm uh, um, watching. Ralph's awake, so everybody else is awake. We're gonna, you know, we need to be receiving from God today. Seriously, God wants to do something in our hearts as a community, and don't miss out. And you know, I know some people. Have been Dave's been up all night with sick children and everything else. Uh, let's let's stay with it. Let's be receiving from what God wants to say to us. Because also, not only you're not listening to me, I want God to say something to you today. I want you to take something away. Don't miss it. So the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is beret. And beret means bond or (laughs) fetter. Bonded. We don't understand that. We think glue, super glue. actually bond (laughs) means an awful lot. It means bound. It means shackled. Um, And the New Testament, uh, the word is diatheke. And diatheke, uh, in the Greek, they have two words for covenant. One is suntheke and one is diatheke. Diatheke is about somebody uh, who is higher, um, uh, who is a benefactor, developing a relationship with somebody who is a recipient. Suntheke is about two equals. One of the problems we're having with Brexit is we're... Trying to be two equals, trying to come together. I'm trying to negotiate, and we won't spend much time on Brexit today. Um, um, but do pray. Um, but some theke is, is when two equals are trying, you know, trying to negotiate. But dear theke is when there is a benefactor and there is a recipient. And the covenants of the Bible are about a benefactor and a recipient. We're not equals in this relationship. We are the recipients of this relationship. One who has initiated uh, this relationship. And the covenants in the Bible go from Abraham, about 2000, uh, all the way through. um, to. And he was promised. He was a man living in probably what is today uh, Iran. Um, And then uh, his parents moved up to what was near Iraq. Uh, where our friends are um, uh, serving out there. Um, And uh, Abraham, when he was in northern Iraq, um, was then given this promise, uh, I'll be your God. I'm choosing you, uh, says God to Abraham. And his name is changed from Abram to Abraham, uh, that he would be the father of multitudes. And then it goes through, Um, as his family grows and it becomes a tribe. So God has developed, uh, has initiated this covenant with Abraham, with this this family, and it becomes a tribe and they move uh, to the promised land, to Israel, as we know it today. Uh, And then the next piece is around the time of Moses because those people are then uh, uh, moved to Egypt because of famine, Uh, And then they become slaves in Egypt. And most of us will know the story of God freeing the Israelites from Egypt. And uh, on the way back, as God has freed them from Egypt through the desert, uh, God establishes a new covenant at Mount Sinai. And that's where we have the Ten Commandments. And that's known as the Mosaic Covenant, the covenant uh, with Moses. And then the Old Testament goes all the way through to Nehemiah, which is where we are. And Nehemiah is about 400 BC, 400 years before Jesus. It's a bit crazy. The Bible isn't written easily for us because if you turn to the book of Nehemiah, and please do, if you've got your Bible with us, it's actually right before, it's in the first half of the Old Testament. But actually, it's one of the very last books of the Old Testament. It's not put chronologically. Because after Nehemiah, uh, there is silence. Or pretty much after Nehemiah, there's silence. Because you have the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and there's 400 years where there's silence. There's no prophetic utterance uh, before John the Baptist comes around and says, "There's one coming." And uh, so here we are, uh, right at uh, about 44 4 BC, 444 4, 4 BC, about 400 years before Jesus, and we're going to uh, look at the covenant uh, is. Um, Story in Nehemiah. But just before I do that, I want to say one other thing about covenant relationships. Can you read that? Because I can't. Okay, I'll read it. Don't you worry. Um, Sorry, apologies for that. So just very simple. This is a a covenant, an agreement, a relationship between uh, a benefactor and a recipient. But it's not just about them. What we find out about the biblical covenants is it affects a much wider group of people. It's just not about me and God. It affects a much wider group of people. And I'll try and read it. And the Mosaic Covenant says this. Um, uh, Let me read it to you. And it's this bit from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, if you want to make a note. And it says um, this. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So there is a vertical relationship with God. Love God with everything that you have. And then in Leviticus it says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone uh, among your people, but love your neighbour as yourself. That is in the Old Testament. And then when Jesus is asked, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus knows his Bible. He pulls them together and he says, Jesus says this, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this, hear, O Israel, The Lord our God is one. That's a shamer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. And so this covenant not only relates to me and God vertically, it relates to me and other people or us and other people. I love the Lord's Prayer. You know why? Because it says Our Father. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Whose Father is he? Our Father. Even for those who don't know him as Father. He's our Father. And to be a revived community, we need to understand that we need to be receptive, not only to God, but to one another. We need to be malleable, not only with God, but actually open uh, with one another. So, um, let's... So, we're talking about a community being revived. If I wind the clock back a year at City Hope, and, and I know there's a lot of people here who weren't here last year, so this may not mean anything to you. We had a tough time last year. We had a really tough time. for the 1st I've been in this church 40 years, and we've had some tough times. But last year was particularly <laughs> tough. Uh, and uh, part of that, part of that was the leaders now, and, and part of that uh, had... Lost something of the relationship I love God uh, but actually I hadn't invested as much in relationship and that can be like marriages you know or friendships you know we become familiar we carry on life stuff of life and Paul says "Yeah, a lot of good stuff happens there's nothing wrong in it but you know what we miss out that's just what Paul was saying we miss out we get, let life take over. It isn't necessarily... Sin is just life. Somebody's written a book recently that I read. It's quite a good book. It says, Life is Not a Straight Line. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll go there. Um, talk to me afterwards. Yeah. Ah. Selling them at the back. If, if you want to go onto Amazon now and look up lead, we don't have commercials in this church, but you can buy it. But anyway, but, um, um, so... Um, but life isn't a straight line that's the point and life can take over and that's why we need to stay teachable we can't just say oh well I've done that we need to stay teachable in our, with, in our relationship with God and with one another we need to stay malleable here's the potter we are the clay if we're hard you know what potter can't do anything Let's get on. Nehemiah. Nehemiah, I've said, is, is right at the end of the Old Testament chronologically, but it's actually before the Psalms. And it's part of uh, a book originally. It was Ezra and Nehemiah. as one book. Uh, and so we'll, uh, c- we're going to read a bit of, of, of this. So uh, the story is, we've told you about Abraham um, being called. We said about Moses coming back from Egypt uh, as they were coming back from slavery. But what happened... Uh, 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 was that the Jews, uh, again, lost their way. They made a covenant with God, but they forgot about it. Life took over. Uh, And they were not receptive to God. They were hard to God. In fact, not only life taken over, they were directly sinful. And they were taken into exile in Babylon, uh, which is uh, uh, Monday, uh, Iran, i was just get my Iran and my racks sorted. Um, And um, they were taken away. And uh, there was a Jewish guy called Nehemiah who actually had had become very, very good at his job and uh, was sommelier to uh, King Artaxerxes, a wine taster, uh, cupbearer for Artaxerxes. He said, and he'd heard news from his brother, he says, Jerusalem, where my my heritage comes from where my family comes from Jerusalem is in ruins, the walls are down and Nehemiah goes to King Artaxerxes I'm being very quickly. Praise to God first but then goes to King Artaxerxes and says please let me go back and help rebuild the wall. the wall. So the story of Nehemiah is of him going back against great opposition. Chapter 6, he completes the wall, and we've spent quite a lot of time uh, talking about that. It's a fabulous story. I love the book of Nehemiah. But then he realises that, you know, the walls are one thing, but the heart is another. Mm-hmm. Stuff is one thing. Getting everything sorted is one thing, but the heart is another. And the heart, he says, we now need to work on the heart, the heart of the community. And we then read in chapters 7 and 8 how we need to go back to God. (laughs) And we need to go. Go back to the covenant, go back to the agreement and be receptive. And that's where we uh, pick it up. And we're going to read, uh, and I hope we... Can you see that or not? Yeah? I'm going to read it. This is um, Nehemiah uh, chapter 9. Uh, follow me. Uh, if you're reading in your Bible, you'll see I've missed out chunks because I just want to get through it and focus on uh, the, the main thing. What happens is Nehemiah, uh, Ezra, who was the priest, had read the law and said, um, for the first time, the Lord almost blown the Bible off. <laughs> Open it again. He read it and read it all, and the people are receiving this. Uh, And then there's a time of of almost repentance. Lord, we've forgotten this. We got life took over and sin got in. Uh, Let's read it again. And then there was a prayer of petition, and the Levites say, "Stand up and praise God." And then there's a prayer, and most scholars think this is Ezra's prayer. Um, And um, in this prayer, as we go through it, so just pay attention to it. It's not about me, help me, Lord. It's about you. What you have done. So just take this in. It's a fabulous prayer. Um, as Let me read it. On the 24th day of the same month. It's about September. From um, The Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth, putting dust on their heads. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of a day and spent another quarter of the day in confession and in worshipping the Lord their God. <laughs> Standing on the stairs, the Levites up there, were Jeshua, Bani, Kadmiel, Shebaniah, Bani, Sherebiah, Bani, and Kanani. And they said, and I want you guys to do this please, uh, you're going to read this next bit. If you, can you read it? Yeah. Just read this next sentence up in the balconies. Let's stand. If you can read this, let's read this together. Blessed be your glorious name. May it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You gave life to everything. And the multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord. Oh, just testing. We're going to move on. Um, is it? I take it. Is this? Are we on? But one. Oh, are we okay? Tell me when I need to move. I've lost this now. Where are we up to? Are we this bit of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and Gergesites? carry on. Dave, is it going? But they, our ancestors, became arrogant and stiff-necked, and they did not obey your commands. But as soon as they were oppressed, they again did what was evil in your sight. Then you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies, so that they ruled over them. I'll just read this last bit, if you just want to take a seat. Thank you so much. Beautifully read. Now, therefore... Our God, the great God, mighty and awesome, who keeps his covenant of love, do not let all this hardship seem trifling in your eyes. The hardship that has come on us, on our kings and leaders, on our priests and prophets, on our ancestors and all your people from the days of the kings of Assyria until today. These people have been in exile. All that has happened to us, you have remained righteous. You have acted faithfully while we have acted wickedly. But see, we are slaves today, slaves in the land you gave our ancestors so that they could eat its fruit and the other good things it produces. Because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you placed over us. They rule over our bodies and our cattle as they please. We are in great distress. I love this bit. In view of all of this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing, and our leaders and our Levites and our priests are fixing their seals to it. And it goes on to say, Who sealed it? And it was sealed. Those who sealed it were Nehemiah, the governor, the son of uh, Hakaliah, Zedekiah, etc., etc. God had been faithful the Jews it may have started off as just being a bit sort of wayward but then just our our inclination our inclination is not to God there's something broken about us something broken and that's what God wants to fix But I love this. In view of your grace, in view of your mercy, in view of your love, you know what? We're going to come back to you. And today, Nehemiah uh, and the people were going to seal this agreement. They were going to, this Mosaic covenant, we've forgotten your laws and regulations. I want us to understand and to feel this morning the massive foundation of our covenant life together our foundation is not in ourselves or in our own ability to fulfill the promises we make but in God and especially his inexhaustible grace that's John Piper (laughs) I'll read that again I want us to understand and to feel this morning the massive foundation of our covenant life together. Our foundation is not in ourselves or in his ability to fulfill the promises we make, but in God and especially his inexhaustible grace. And I love this verse, uh, this, this next bit. It says, in view of this, in view of God's love, in view of God's faithfulness, you know what? I'm coming back. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. We're the house of God. This should be home. God calls us home. You may not know him this morning, but our Father says, come home. I just want to go back to um, uh, the, uh, the covenant, and I'm going to just look, compare the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the Old Testament, the New Testament, there's a difference. The Old Covenant is conditional. If you follow me, I'll be God. The New Testament is unconditional. Uh, it isn't conditional on keeping rules and regulations. It's if you put your trust in me, I'm your God forever. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. And I just want to just look at a couple of verses here that just compare the old and the new. Can you read that? So in the old, it says this. This is Moses, about the uh, time Moses. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured people. You'll be separate out of all nations. This is to the Jews. If you obey me fully and keep my commandment, you will be my, uh, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Wind the clock forward. Wind the clock forward, beyond Nehemiah, 400 years beyond Nehemiah, John the Baptist comes along and says, there's one that's coming. Emmanuel, the promised one, God is with us, who would live, the son of God come down on earth, uh, who would die for us. And on the basis of the blood of the new covenant, sealed not by signatures, but sealed by the blood of Jesus, we are now in a new covenant. And the change is remarkable. Just look. This is from 1 Peter. But you are. Not if. You are. Yeah? You are. Your status, your position has changed. Well, no, if you do this, this will happen. No, you are. I want you to understand who you are today. If you put your trust in Jesus, who you are. But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Who has received mercy? Who's a royal priesthood? Who's a holy nation? I want you to understand your position. For us to be revived, we need to know who our God is, but also know who we are. and Not only who I am, but who you are. And actually, who other people have the potential to be. It's not just about us. It's about other people, our Father, who belong to our Father, who have the potential to be. You see, life comes through Jesus. Today, I, 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 I want us to not hear things, but something that happened in our heart. And my intention was this. I had three aims today. Number one was to grasp the immensity of God's amazing grace in inviting you and in inviting us into covenant relationship with him. Number two, that you appreciate that you have a new fantastic status and responsibility as a sharer in this covenant. And I also want to, for us, and this is where we're moving now, to listen to what God has to say to you specifically about you. And I want you to, whew, metaphorically or even physically, say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? I don't want you to say, I want, uh, I've got something for somebody else. No. What's God say to you? If we're going to be a revived community, we've been spending some time uh, over these, um, uh, this term looking at what values, what, what culture do we want to do? How do we want to be? You know, we understand that we're wonderful. You know, how many nations, 25, 30 nations here, every walk of life, and yet you know what? We're imperfect. We need to be teachable. We need to learn. We've got lots to learn. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, here are my five loaves and two fish. Here's me. Not only here are my five loaves and two fish, you know what? But here's my heart. Sometimes it's easier to give the five loaves and two fish than the heart. And in a minute, we're going to receive communion. I'll just take you through this. And, uh, even if you're not a Christian, can I ask you, don't take communion, but can I ask you just to hold? There's a good little cup with some juice in Uh, um, uh, symbolic of wine and some bread and I'm going to be asking uh, the stewards to uh, come out uh, and so we will then everybody will have the bread and the wine and we'll partake together um, in a a minute Um, and uh, I will be reading this Um, it's um, If the Old Covenant was initiated on Mount Sinai, the New Covenant was initiated in the upper room when Jesus, just the day before he was crucified, said this. He got his disciples together and he had them together. And he says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And that's when uh, we were commanded uh, and instructed to remember his death until he comes. And as uh, the can I just say, as uh, the students bring the bread and wine, everybody just take it. We'll, we'll partake together, so don't take it straight off, just to hold it. Uh, we're going to listen to a song. Um, so, if I could ask the students to pass out the bread and the wine. Uh, meanwhile, just let's remain uh, receptive, open to what God has got to say, and we're going to just listen to this song, um, and uh, then we'll uh, take the bread and wine together. I'm just going to read this while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, "Take and eat this is my body let's." Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. so the next day after Jesus had told the disciples that or that evening he was arrested and he was falsely charged and he was placed on a cross and the prince of heaven, Emmanuel, God is with us, died on our behalf bringing a covenant that is not conditional that is unconditional to us. <coughs> we are the recipients of an unconditional co- covenant. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. I just want to finish uh, by uh, reading another few verses. Um, this is 400 years later. <laughs> uh, a guy called Paul, who wasn't a follower of Jesus, and became a follower of Jesus, and God. Uh, turned his life around and uh, he understood what it was to receive mercy Um, and he says this therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of in view of having a focus on God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship. So in view, we are privileged people because we have a view that most people don't have. We've seen something that other people haven't. You know what? We, we didn't, it wasn't us. It was revealed to us. That view was given to us. Somebody once said to us, have a view of this. Have a look at this. See about this. And that's part of our responsibility, to be able to go to other people and say, have a view. Let me show you the best view of God's mercy. And as a revived community, and we are a work in progress, let us remain teachable. Let us remain teachable for one another. Uh, Let us understand, I'm I'm not just a priest, you're a priest. Um, let us, as we, as a people from all nations, all backgrounds, all say, Our Father. Amen. Let's humble ourselves before him. And, uh, you know, as we do that, you know, we have great confidence because of our new status in him. That is amazing, isn't it? Let's stand. Lord, we... Yeah, we, we, we bring you our five loaves and two fish. We have all that we have, and we lay them before you just afresh today. But also, Lord, we give you our heart. We thank you, Lord, that... Uh, You are the one. We're the recipients of grace. We're the recipients of your mercy. We're recipients. Lord, we thank you for life, that you have made us to live. You've made us to thrive. You've made us to prosper. You've made us to be fruitful. Lord, may we be fruitful for you here at City Hope. Amen. Lord, I thank you for our friends who are here with us just, perhaps just for today. We pray particular blessing on them. And I especially pray for those who are looking for you, Lord. May Amen. they come to know you. And Amen. may they have a view of your mercy and say, Lord, here am I. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we praise you. We give you thanks. We commit all that we've got going this week, Lord. The stuff that we're hanging on to. Things that are going on this week that we're concerned about. And we just right now turn our hands over and we say, Lord, uh, we're here for you. Fill us with your spirit and strengthen us and enable us in Jesus' name. Amen.